Live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, June 5th, 2008. It is in the stillness that we come to know thy true higher self. Relax and let your mind attune to the awareness of the present moment, the truth, as it always has been and always will be. Love, peace, joy, and understanding. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Daniel Condren, who has been a teacher of mind, the self, and metaphysics, practicing meditation for over 30 years. After 25 years of meditation service and teaching, Daniel developed the still mind. After 27 years of meditating, he became aware of the present moment. After 28 years of meditating, he achieved an open heart. And after 29 years of meditating, Daniel experienced the emptiness. This quote-unquote emptiness he explains in the, in the book we'll be discussing tonight, The Emptiness Sutra, written at the end of a two-hour still mind session class he taught on the College of Metaphysics campus. Dr. Condren is a certified biofeedback specialist, highly credentialed with a doctorate of metaphysics, holds a doctorate of divinity, a well-rounded master's of science from the University of Missouri in international agricultural development, and a fundamental bachelor's of science from the University of Missouri in agricultural economics. His extensive credentials are evident in his writing creations and powerful offerings to planet Earth at this most critical time in the human evolution. Dr. Condren is also the discoverer and developer of the sacred ley lines of the 1,500-acre College of Metaphysics campus. He has supervised the planning of sacred geometric forms on the campus, in addition to the universal wall that is in current development at the campus that is seeking out pieces of authentic rocks, crystals, clay, or natural elements from places across the globe to add to their vibrationally transforming peace wall. Dr. Condren has endeavored upon multiple spiritual journeys to India and is a teacher, educator, writer, composer, recording producer, agriculturist, ecologist, landscape designer, and fully dedicated to knowing the self and mind for over 30 years. He is the author of over a dozen books including The Emptiness Sutra, The Purpose of Life, Permanent Healing, and The Secret Code of Revelation. During the next hour, Daniel and me will discuss the Emptiness Sutra and the Secret Code of Revelation, both fascinating books that offer an enlightening and expansive perspective. Daniel, please share the setting and the inspirational story that led to the most powerful book, the Emptiness Sutra. Well, I'd be glad to, Dulcinea. The Emptiness Sutra is the most recent book that I've printed and uh, written and had that has been published. I've got another book in the works, but we'll talk about that later. The Emptiness Sutra. Is um, it's a book that came, as you mentioned, came after I'd learned, developed the still mind, and began teaching it to a class. And at the end of that two-hour still mind class, it was the second session I'd ever taught them. I asked everybody to write down their experience down, 
and so I started writing down my experience, and and uh, I wrote and wrote and wrote, and uh, um, everybody else had stopped writing, so I stopped and and right. continued on with the class then, and then after that I uh, um, uh, went on and uh, uh, then uh, later in the day I said I have more to write, so I kept kept on writing, and um, then uh, um, I was able to uh, from that I was able to just write the Emptiness Sutra, and it's just the way it, it was written. It just flowed out of me, and it's straight from superconscious mind, or I am, or both. Wonderful. So tell me, what is a sutra? So a sutra is an Indian word from India, and it comes from the same word as our English word, American word suture, like to, a suture is where you uh, stitch skin together or a, a wound, and suture the word sutra, S-U-T-R-A, means to knit together or to stitch together or to bring together. So a sutra is a series of truths that are all stitched together that work together to form a, a coherent whole. And that's what I've done here. So the, the Emptiness Sutra is actually the world's newest holy book because it's whole and complete in explaining the mind and the self and creation in the simplest form as anything I've ever seen on the planet. That's great. The mind, the self, and the creation, all very important aspects at this point in the human evolution. Yes, very much so. So tell me about the evolution of your own meditation space so others can see your progress so they could understand the, a potential path that may come before them as they embark upon the Emptiness Sutra, the book. Well, there's two things really very powerful and um, to go together. Uh, meditation is the first one, and the second one is breath work, sometimes called life force, sometimes called uh, uh, pranayama. Pranayama is the Indian word for it, and uh, they go together. So for rapid progress, the person needs to practice both, both meditation and sometimes life before breath work. You know, breath is the one thing that we can that we can go the least long without. In other words, we need it the most for our body to exist in the physical life. And so it's very, very powerful and very, very important. And uh, the the breath, the air that we breathe is filled full of life force. And uh, people use it kind of unconsciously or just habitually breathing in through the nostrils. But breath can also be brought in through the medulla oblongata, that opening at the base of the brain and the back of the neck. And direct, we can have direct access to that life force that comes from superconscious mind. So when we have direct access to that life force that comes from superconscious mind, we have a superconscious experience. Now, through meditation, it takes us that same way, too. First, we practice concentration until we can discipline the mind to focus at one point. Then we take that disciplined, focused, concentrated mind deep into meditation. Meditation is the process of aligning the conscious and subconscious minds and then tuning to superconscious mind. So a lot of the work I do now, both through breath work and meditation, uh, I receive, receive a lot of the things I say and do and responses are from superconscious mind. And so I've been practicing all these plus other things like visualization and uh, I mentioned concentration, uh, mental healing, um, oh, all kinds of astral projection, all kinds of experiences and exercises that would give me more development of my, my mind and to know myself. There was times when I'd practice, oh, an hour to a meditation every day, 45 minutes of concentration, 45 minutes of visualization, uh, 15 minutes to a half hour of life force breath work, and then read 
lesson material and books on metaphysics too, all the same, and uh, all kinds of affirmations and too. So literally, I was devoting most all of my spare time to uh, self, the discipline, the mind and self for self awareness and self understanding. Very powerful. It's very evident in both of the books, particularly the Emptiness Sutra we're focusing on right now, that you are very connected to the larger source, the the amount, the truths that pour forth through the book, particularly in the section where there are just um, statements. For uh-huh. example, the Emptiness Sutra is the Great Lotus, and and several other statements that are based upon truth, such as quietly, quietly listen for the truth of the present moment. Those profound statements, they speak a lot of truth and could be used daily just to meditate on one if a person is just beginning a meditation practice or doesn't quite have a routine or isn't sure what meditation means. Just thinking about one statement and focusing on it can allow so much energy and information to enter into one's space. That is what I found was the value of this of this book was that it could be offered to someone who's far along and advanced in their in their meditation path, and it's also relevant to people who are just looking at what is meditation and how is it relevant for my life. Yeah. Maybe this is the next step for myself. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's true. I mean, like all true holy books that explain the whole mind or the whole self or the whole being, which makes them holy, um, it speaks to us on many levels, and. Uh, we can we can read it on any level. That's the wonderful thing about it. You can read it on whatever level you're at and receive some benefits and stimulation or learning or uh, so the uh, insight to approach or go to the next level of awareness and understanding. What is the superconscious mind as you refer to it in the Emptiness Sutra? Okay, there's three major divisions of mind, Dulcinea. The, there's the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious mind. The conscious mind is the part that works uh, in conjunction with the physical body, the brain, the the physical body, and that and that we can use in our physical day-to-day life. Every time we're making conscious choices and conscious will, then we're exercising the conscious mind. Some people just exist mostly in the brain and don't use the conscious mind a lot because they function from habit and brain memories. But as long as we're using, excuse me, whenever we're using the conscious awareness. Uh, making conscious choices, conscious will, we're in the conscious mind. So that's that's where it functions in our physical day-to-day life with the five senses. The subconscious mind is our dreaming, our nighttime state of mind, the psychic, the um, clairvoyant. Uh, those types of impressions come from subconscious mind, and it's the abode of the soul, the place we reside between lifetimes and that we incarnate into a physical body from each lifetime. Then the third part is the highest part of self, and that contains our divine spark, divine light, the divine plan, our perfect plan of creation for us to become creators, for us to become enlightened, for us to become one with our creator. Uh, so um, that's the superconscious mind. It's the highest division of mind, and it's the highest part of self. And it's from that part of mind that life force pours forth that feeds all other parts of mind, the subconscious and conscious minds. So when we draw consciously upon this life force, we uh, align with superconscious mind. When we, through discipline and meditation, align conscious subconscious minds, we also attune to superconscious mind. So when those two are used together, they become very powerful in giving us superconscious experiences. Wow. So meditation is really the alignment of the conscious and the subconscious with the superconscious. Exactly. Alignment of conscious subconscious minds and then both attuned to superconscious mind. Exactly. It really demonstrates the oneness. 
Exactly. When we when we when conscious and subconscious minds are aligned, and we're attuned to superconscious mind, then we know the oneness of who we are as I am, and because uh, each one of us is an I am or an individual unit or spark of light, and uh, the only way. And but yet the attention and the focus gets so scattered out as we move out into the physical that people forget who they are and just get caught up into doing rather than being. And they forget where they came from, what they're here to do, what their purpose of life is, what their mission on earth is, what the true value of it is, and they forget all that. And when they, and uh, but when they begin to wake up and and through spiritual practices and service and teaching, they begin to remember this. And uh, and that's the life I've lived for over 30 years. So people can wake up. And you know, the term Buddha, uh, the great Buddha, you know what that term means? It means awake. And uh, so when when people asked the Buddha, they said, they didn't even say, who are you? They said, what are you? And he his answer was, I'm awake, awake. And so it's a soul, the quickening of soul growth and spiritual development is a process of waking up to the true reality of what's permanent and real and lasting that goes way beyond the five senses and what we experience in the, in the physical world. And this emptiness sutra just expounds on that and, and explains it and delivers it and makes it available for anyone to to receive and absorb this great truth. Yes, and speaking of Buddha, in the Emptiness Sutra, I had noticed that you had mentioned that Buddha had said after, enlight, after his enlightenment that he perceived humanity's suffering to come from being attached to the temporary. Right. So how does meditation and the awareness that Buddha attained relate to the Emptiness Sutra? Well, um, when he attained enlightenment, then he saw, first of all, and he realized this as he's working towards enlightenment, that the physical was temporary. You remember, if in this, as the story goes, he was raised in a palace. When he was born, he, the king had the astrologers and the wise men come in and read his uh, body prints, his footprints, his fingerprints, his astro- astrological makeup and everything, and they all said, every one of them said, that he will either be the greatest uh, emperor the world's ever seen or he'll be fully enlightened and enlighten the planet. And one of them said, he's not going to be the physical emperor, he's going to be enlightened. And they all said, if he ever sees a, a sick man, an old man, and a, a dead body, a dying dead man, they, that if he ever sees those, he will get, forsake the world and he will search out enlightenment and he will become enlightened. Well, this, as the story went, he did see those things. And so he devoted uh, from the time he was 27, 28 years old to the time he was 35 years old to gave everything he had to full enlightenment. And he had a couple teachers, and he learned all what they had to learn, offer really quick, and then he couldn't find a teacher that could teach him anymore, so he had to learn it on his own. and. He meditated and meditated and meditated and, and did yoga, which is the prana life force, and uh, combined those two until he had the full enlightenment. So, um, what that what that whole process means is that he was waking up to the truth, and when he saw that, he said the cause of suffering. Uh, his, the basic teaching he offers is the four noble truths, and one is that pain and suffering is in the world, and that there's a cause for it. And the cause of attachment and the Noble Eightfold Path is the way to uh, release this attachment. So people get attached to temporary things. And when the true meaning of life is to know and live the permanent and lasting. And so that's what causes pain and suffering. And so what's in the Emptiness Sutra 
is all about what's permanent and lasting. And if you'll notice, we'll tie that in with the book of uh, the Secret Code of Revelation, that in the first chapter of Genesis of the Bible, uh, verse one, God created the heavens and earth at the very beginning. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness fell upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So, and the earth was without form and void. Well, that word void can also be translated as emptiness. So it could just, verse 2 of Genesis can just as, just as well, just as exactly, be translated as, and the earth was without form and empty. So the beginning of all creation is emptiness. Before anything's created, there's an emptiness that everything is created from. And after the creation, it resolves itself back into the emptiness. So this Emptiness Sutra explains what is before creation, where creation comes from, and where it goes back to, or where it goes forward to. And that makes it one of the most powerful books on the planet. Yeah, and they do. these two books do synergize, the Emptiness Sutra and the Secret Code of Revelation, having reviewed them simultaneously, I found that the secret code of Revelation really offers the macro picture of creation, love, the beginning and the end, and the mechanism of, of spiritual pictures and unification. And then I found that the Emptiness Sutra was more relevant on the detail level for an individual to understand how their thoughts and their consciousness affect their choices, which affects their ability to align with the larger source of the superconscious mind. So it really, these two books go from the detail individual level to the macro picture, the micro to the macro. So they're an optimal combination to read together to really get a global perspective, but then be able to make meaning of it on an individual basis. Exactly. I, uh, these are my two most recent books I've written, The Secret Code of Revelation, and then, and then after that, The Emptiness Sutras. So it, what I did, though, Sunil, was I, uh, throughout my my adult life as I've been writing, it's like about every other book I write would be about some holy work. So first I wrote about and explained, interpreted and explained the Yoga Sutras, Yoga, Yoga Sutras of uh, Patanjali or Patanjali. And then, that's from India, that's yoga. Then I uh, did the book of Matthew from the Bible called The Universal Language of Mind and I interpreted and explained in the Universal Language of Mind um, the book of Matthew. Then I did after that, the Tao Te Ching, T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G, Tao Te Ching, Tao Te Ching, some people say Tao Te Ching, from China of the Taoists. And I went through, spent three years working on that, getting an accurate translation, accurate interpretation, and accurate explanation. And uh, then I did Revelation, Book of Revelation, the same thing. And I think the book, this book, this explanation of Revelation is the best one on the planet, by the way because it's about the self, and it teaches you what the Bible is telling you about the self. And anyway, after I did all these interpretations and explanations of holy books that had been written before I was born, and uh, by peoples all over the planet, then all of a sudden, a holy book comes out of me, and that was the Emptiness Sutra. So that was my next, that's what I've pre been preparing for all these times, all these years. And it's just a step-by-step -step progress. And because I was doing the, the meditation, the discipline, because I was practicing service to humanity, because I was teaching other people as I was learning all the way along, then, you know, Jesus says, as you give, so shall you receive, and cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days I'll return to you. So that's what I kept doing, giving the best of what I knew, and so the best kept returning to me in the form of more knowledge and wisdom and truth and understanding. Yes, I, I would definitely have to agree, and I really appreciated in the the Secret Code of Revelation where you 
really focus on universal truth and you introduce the concept very in a very clear way that pictures speak in spirit or the unified mind, the universal mind offers offer pictures, and the physical brain or limited mind offers the thought process of separateness. And so learning to create the value of pictures or symbolisms and then using that to interpret meaningful spiritual texts really showed the dedicated nature of your of your enlightenment and of your spirituality because as I was taught, um, I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with my background, I was taught at the Berkeley Psychic Institute and really what they teach us is pictures are the form of communication of spirit. So all of my training was based on the fundamental nature of seeing pictures. Prior to that in academia, I had a photographic memory. So studying DNA with biology and studying people in social psychology and the research end, I was seeing everything in pictures. It's almost like every thought I have is a picture and I see them laid out. So I could follow this understanding in a very, very grand way and I thought that it really brought forth that truth for people to look at pictures and symbolisms versus focus on the limitation of words. Well, that makes that explain that makes a lot of sense and uh, all the sense in the world. And uh, this is the same thing that happened to me when I was a kid, uh, growing up, and I attended a Christian church every week, every, and it was Sunday school. And so at, at the end of Sunday school, they'd give us this little magazine uh, newsletter, and it was a it, had, it was called Sunday Picks, P-I-X. But what, what it had it each week, it had a section of the Bible in pictures, and a little story about one part of the Bible or one book of the Bible, and uh, and I thought, and I'd read these, and I, I really enjoyed them, these little picture stories of the Bible. And I, I had to, this was as a kid, about 10 or 12 years old, I think it was about 10, and I said, uh, wouldn't it be great if um, if the whole Bible was in pictures? And so I started collecting them, and, and I had an old notebook with the front cover torn off, and I started, had a one hole punch, and I kept punching three holes in them and putting them all together, trying to get me a Bible in pictures. And so it wasn't until I became an adult that I knew that the pictures was the language of mine. And I, I explained the Bible that way. Yes, and that's really the focus of, of the secret code of Revelation. And I also found that you brought in, again, the very enlightened perspective of the Christ consciousness and the meaning of the second coming. So how is Christ conscious, consciousness related to the second coming in the secret code of Revelation? Well, Jesus has already had the first coming, and he came out into the world as an example for the whole world. The second coming of Christ is the coming of Christ's consciousness within each of us. It's our time to do. You know, Jesus said, greater things than I do, you shall do also, because I go to the Father. We've had 2,000 years since he walked the planet, and, and, and as the person known as Jesus, who became the Christ. So we've had 2,000 years to get ready to do greater things or greatest things than he has. And so... Um, here we are, and we're we're doing that now, and it's time, and it's what he he told us we should be doing. This is this is just doing what he said we would be doing. This is doing what he said to do. He commanded that. So uh, I just think you know that I'm trying to do uh, and follow in the footsteps of these masters and what their directions and teachings were, and uh, help help all humanity in the same way. Yes, and you're doing a, a very, very powerful, a powerful job doing it. I really can say that just from the writing, the vibration of your writing resonates with, with the ascended masters as I know them, and and the Christ cons- consciousness that you presented is really what I have seen myself since I was a young child, being raised in Catholic church and Catholic school. It was like, well, Jesus is the one 
who you should look to. So I always carried a picture of Jesus in my pocket and was like, okay, tell me how it works. I didn't really turn to the Bible. I didn't turn to the limited ways of necessarily any religion in front of me. I just thought, okay, what would Jesus do? Because when he was doing it, he didn't have a text. He just had to look to his heart and what was his own truth and then acted upon that. There wasn't necessarily a religion based before him that he was turning to other than his own higher connection to the source of all creation. And I think that that's what this instant manifestation and all these new um, ideas that have been evolving the last 30, 40 years for humanity to teach us that we can manifest the desired existence by tapping into the universal truth of Jesus and living in the present moment and being in our higher self and really being that higher essence of who we've always been and who we always will be, but on planet Earth. Exactly. You know, I've got a friend that's a, a Baptist minister and he's 85 years old, and he asked me a question one time, and and I was out, and he took me out to lunch. I uh, he asked me, invited me to his church one time, so I did. And after he took me to lunch, and he asked me this question, he said, "What do you do with eternity? In other words, what? How do I explain that?" And so I didn't feel like I had a good answer for him right then. So I thought about it, and the next time I saw him, a few months later, I went visit him at his church again, and went out for lunch again. And I said, "I, I remember that question you asked me." And he said, "Yeah." And I said, well, I've been thinking about it, and I got an answer for you. And he said, what's that? And I said, your question, I said, your question was, what do you do with eternity? What about eternity? And I said, eternity is in the present moment, the ever-present eternal now. And his response was, well, that makes sense, because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I thought, well, that's great. He could appreciate what I discovered and realized, and he had something of value to offer in return, and even quote the scripture to back it up. So I, so that's all about, so Jesus knew the present moment. Jesus knew the still mind, and he knew the present moment, and he had an open heart. And, uh, uh, and, and he discovered the emptiness, and it's right there in the Bible. We're talking with Dr. Daniel Condren. Your role at the School of Metaphysics is what? Well, I'm uh, here at the College of Metaphysics, which is our serves also as our uh, Nash, Nat, two functions: a college for people in the School of Metaphysics that want to attend full time, and uh, and attain the higher certificates or degrees in the school, and also for our on our 1,500-acre campuses house the headquarters of the national organization of the School of Metaphysics. So I work with and overseeing the day-to-day functioning of that campus and the headquarters, and then also uh, do a lot of teaching here. I, I look at myself primarily as a teacher, though. That's wonderful. And you, you had a discovery of some ley lines on the School of Metaphysics? Yeah, I would go out and using my own body and consciousness, I could tell where energy points on the campus were, vortexes or energy centers or centers of power. And so I thought, wow, this would be great. We could uh, do, I was always interested in sacred geometry, so I thought we could do some sacred geometry on this, this campus in these areas. And then uh, a friend of mine said, oh, but I've been taking a dowsing course and uh, working with uh, rods and L-rods and dows. And I said, okay, we'll go out and see what you can find. And so he did the dowsing campus, and he found all the same places I'd already found with my body. The only thing the dowsing rods did would help to find the exact spot. And when I used them, I would find even more exact spots than he did. So I'm very sensitive to energies. And so we found the intersections of ley lines. Ley lines are the energy meridians of the physical bo- of the of the planet Earth, of Mother Earth. Mother Earth, as you probably know, is is, is a living being, and so like uh, just like all living beings, like uh, humans, we have energy meridians along the body. They're, they're called the acupuncture meridians of the body. The Chinese have known about them for 
thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years. That's had a lot of ancient cultures. Well, the Earth, being a living being also and conscious, has acupuncture meridians all over the Earth, too. And these meridians are called ley lines. So at the intersections of ley lines, the ancients in ancient times, before the Dark Ages and, and in many cases before the time of Jesus in the uh, uh, antiquity, they would find these intersections of ley lines and build their sacred temples at the intersections of ley lines. The, then they would tap into this energy, earth energy, and connect the earth to the skies or the cosmos, and the temples were actually holy temples where they had extra energy and extra power to cause transformation within people. And so I've, I've found those lines, and we've put sacred geometric structures on these places, and so our campus is becoming a holy, sacred campus of energetic uh, campus for the whole world and as well as healing Mother Earth. That's wonderful. And if you're interested in finding out more information about it, connecting with the School of Metaphysics, there are some websites I'd like to mention, www.som.org or www.peacedome.org. Also, you can find out further information at www.dreamschool.org. So how did you get the idea for the universal wall to include the natural element from each differing location across the globe as a form or a symbolism of global unification and peace? Well, the healing wall is part of a, our uh, uh, peace dome, and uh, that we named right after we, we in the process of building it and, and making what it is. And uh, then uh, after that, uh, my wife Barbara had the idea of... Uh, uh, healing wall. We actually had the idea that that you know the Middle East is the, the center of energy in that area, and then there's one kind of polar opposite to that, which is the Middle West. And so, since they have a, he, a whaling wall over there, we thought we'd have a healing wall over here. So instead of being a place of sadness and and everything, we'd have a place of gladness and joy and healing for the whole planet. So it was kind of the the uh, opposition and. And uh, just a group of us got together and thought that would be a wonderful idea, and so we've made it happen. So this is an opportunity for anybody listening across the globe. If you're interested in sending something to the School of Metaphysics for them to include on the wall, you can contact Dr. Daniel Condren, Dr. Barbara Condren, or go on the School of Metaphysics website. Again, that's www.som.org, and look at how you can get that piece or that natural element to them for them to incorporate on their healing wall, promoting peace and unification. That's so wonderful. When she told me that you were doing that, I as an indigo, I went, oh, I so understand that. I get the energy. I get the vibration. I can see what it's doing. I can see the masters being involved in, in the project. And I see them just all pink energy, just a really high vibration, extremely high vibration. So it was really exciting when Dr. Barbara had introduced that on one of our initial conversations. I'm glad she did. It's, it's progressing really well. And this is just a wonderful campus of light. And people, when they drive here, they can Many of them say, oh, I can feel the energy of the campus miles before I even get there. It's radiating out so far. Because we've got the sacred geometric structures here that are raising the vibration and power, powering the vibration even more as a sacred site. And then we've got the, the healing wall with stones from all over the world. And then we're doing the meditation and the spiritual exercises. And we've got the peace dome here. So it really is a very powerful energetic campus. And what are some of the most common ways that people connect with the School of Metaphysics? Is it in-person classes? Is it Internet classes, just so people can get an idea of what might suit them? Um, well, yeah, they can, they can uh, do the Internet classes. 
They can do a correspondence course. We have 16 branches, so they can attend if they want to go move to a city or already in a city. They're mostly through the Midwest, from Chicago to Dallas and from Kansas City to Indianapolis and, and Cincinnati. So uh, we've got. they can find out. They'll go to our website. They can find out where we've got branches. That's the number one best way to do it is take classes where you have a, a teacher right there to work with in a school location. But uh, if you're not in the city, you're not willing to move yet, then certainly the correspondence course or the uh, the internet classes are are certainly available to everyone, and I I highly recommend them. Is that the best way for individuals to connect with you as a teacher? Uh, the yeah the the website is a good place, and uh, uh, that's a good place to get started. And from there there they can just uh, contact uh, the School of Metaphysics here in in Missouri and Wendigo, Missouri, and and uh, we can progress from that point. Sure. Wonderful, just to let people know how to connect with your teachings and your wisdom. So how often do you recommend meditating daily for people? Um, well, they, they, that's pretty much up to them. How much would I recommend? I recommend that they meditate every day, first and foremost every day, because our body works on 24-hour cycles, so it's important that it's practiced every single day. Uh, it's much better to practice every single day than, you know, two, three, four, five hours one day and then skip two or three days. It would be better to meditate a half hour a day than to meditate three or four hours and then skip a day. You know. So the most important thing is that you meditate every day. And uh, in our classes we suggest students start off with about 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's already after they're practicing 10 minutes of concentration first. But they practice the meditation about 15 or 20 minutes a day and then they work up to a half hour and then an hour and then uh, longer if they want to. Some of them meditate twice a day. Uh, first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening is the best time to meditate. So at least once a day and twice a day if, when possible. That's wonderful. How do meditation and the soul purpose relate? Well, meditation and mental discipline, and I include concentration in that, aligns the comp conscious and subconscious minds. And before we, uh, the soul's purpose is determined by the soul. Before we ever incarnate, before we're ever born in this lifetime, we choose the family we're going to be born into. We, as souls, choose our parents. We choose, uh, therefore, the time period, the country we're going to be born in, the sex we're going to have, our gender, male or female. So we make all those choices before we're born. And why do we make certain choices in that way? Because they will stimulate or encourage or move us in the direction of finding out uh, who we are and fulfilling our purpose on this in, on the planet, and our purpose always has to do with developing greater self-awareness and self-understanding, and then helping other people to do the same thing. So uh, meditation aligns the conscious and subconscious minds, and when the conscious subconscious minds are aligned, then that inner purpose from subconscious minds comes pouring into one's conscious waking awareness, where it can more easily be fulfilled. Sure, and you know, for someone who's just wake, awakening to the idea of meditation, the importance of the consciousness with concentration, meditation, and focus is really surrounding on one becoming aware of their own thoughts and that they have choice with their thoughts. Would you agree? Yeah, it's all predicated on the idea we have choice, and uh, everything starts with a thought. Uh, there's a universal truth called thought is cause. So everything starts with a thought, and we have to know our thoughts and have to consciously learn to choose our thoughts if we're going to have power and direction in our lives and ability to create what we want in our lives. 
And not only what we want, but what we need. Our wants need to evolve to needs, the needs of the soul, the need to be in alignment with universal laws and universal truths, the need to quicken our soul growth and spiritual development, the need to become enlightened, or um, so we can say like Jesus, I and the Father are one. Um, those, those things that uh, that the great masters throughout history, whether it's Zarathustra or the Buddha or uh, Jesus who became the Christ or uh, Krishna or Kukulkan um, um, from uh, the Mayans, the different people. So throughout history there have been people, and, and, and people other than more recent to our time, like St. Francis of Assisi and uh, Swedenborg and uh, Rudolf Steiner that gained some degree of enlightenment or other different different levels of enlightenment. So uh, there's been people all throughout history that have been gaining enlightenment, and that's what we're here for. Yes, and I really want to reiterate the importance of thought because for people, and I think for many of my clients and for myself, when I look back upon my own journey, it really started with becoming aware of my thoughts that were based in fear and learning to transmute and turn those thoughts into love-based thoughts and how I would how it do that was through meditation. It would bring in the awareness of what to replace my fear thoughts with, the love, the light, the truth, the joy, the understanding, a lot of the understanding. And so I guess that was just the process of, as you would call it, my conscious and subconscious aligning with that superconscious. But for me, it, coming from an academic perspective, an extreme scientific research background, thought was my first element that I could grab that actually I went, wow, this is meaningful. If I actually look at my thoughts, I can actually change my experience. And then that layered into enlightenment and a continual growth and awareness and is still occurring obviously today. I'm alive on earth and will be continuing through my whole process. So I think really reiterating the importance of one's thoughts shows the power of the mind, but it also shows where one can begin to really transform their inner experience. Exactly. Since since it, since it is a universal truth that thought is cause, all great uh, growth in consciousness begins by mastering thought. So I practice concentration exercises for years and years and years, and and uh, that combined with breath work got me to the point where I could focus. First, I noticed that I could I began to be aware of my thoughts. Then I noticed I began to be aware of my thoughts during the day, not just when I was doing a concentration exercise. Then I began to notice I could bring my attention to where I wanted it to be, not only during the concentration exercise but or meditation, but during the day. Then I got to the point where I could hold my attention on a point or on a point of focus for as long as I wanted. And then I got to the point where my, uh, my mind became still, and I could cause my mind to be completely still at any time I wanted. And that's that's when I got that. That was the most powerful, incredible thing in the world, and that very led, empowering. Yeah, and that led then after that, after after being in the still mind for a while, that led to being in the present moment, realizing what the present moment is, and that then led to my heart being able to to open up over time. Yes, and really being in the present moment offers the awareness of the infinite choice spectrum. So when one is relished in the awareness of this is the present moment, they can see before them infinite choice options. They can connect with the fact that they create their own experience. They can manifest their next experience. I just see an infinite light beam with full of infinity symbols that comes in with the awareness of the present moment. And that's when I think true self-empowerment really occurs. At least in my own experience, that's how it's how it's worked, and I see I've seen that in with the trend with my clients as well. Was that your own experience? Yeah, um, 
that once the mind is still, then awareness can pour in from subconscious mind, from superconscious mind, from high self, from I am. And uh, once the, as long as the brain is busy thinking thoughts out here in the conscious mind and busy, just busy, 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 it's like a radio station between your call between two stations and you can't receive either one very good. You know, if, if, uh, if I'm thinking while you're talking or you're thinking while I'm talking, either one of us doesn't hear the other very good. And so most people have thoughts constantly going on in their head all day long, so it makes it difficult to receive from the higher source. Once the mind is still, then one can receive from the higher source. Yes, yes. And it so really is comes back to that focus and concentration, that meditation as being the source to the ultimate awareness, the superconscious. Exactly. And it's very, no, it's very... Go ahead. It takes time. Uh, but But the good thing is, you get immediate benefits once you start practicing, and it only gets better and better the longer you practice. And when you when you teach what you're learning, then the progress is even quicker because you you probably know, and most any teacher knows that when they when they teach something, that's when they really get to where they understand it. Well, I was a teacher for a a college class as a master student. I uh, working on a master's degree. I was a teaching assistant, so I taught some laboratories. And I found out that I had to know my material really well, or some of them sharp students would would uh, point out something that I wasn't accurate on. So, and and it, even and since then, it's the same way with metaphysics and, and the mind. I have to know my stuff, and the way I have to know my stuff is to do the exercises and apply them in my life. And so, as a teacher, I, I learned even better. I mean, made it more a part of myself than than just a student would alone. That's very true. In my own experience, I'm finding right now when the universe says to me, teach this, if I go open up and teach it, I am flooded with like um, what I see as lotus flowers, like blooms of lotuses. In the process, I just see them clairvoyantly coming through me. And when I grasp something within myself and I'm not yet willing to teach it or share it, it seems as if it's on like a slower pace. It's just the awareness doesn't come in so rapidly. Yeah. So teaching is a catalyst for that awareness. <laughs> That's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. It it, it is, and and people don't realize the, the benefits of teaching so much, and so they don't always do it. But what it does is is see the true nature of reality is connectedness or interconnectedness. Our senses tell us we're separate from everything, and everyone's separate from us. So so the average person thinks they're separate. That's not what the true reality is. The true reality is connectedness. So teaching and teaching to others we connect with them and in connecting with them we understand greater the true nature reality so we align with that and then that, ma- that makes much sense yeah and so th- so all teachers then and, and of course teaching of self and mind and creation that's the highest subject one can teach and so in teaching the highest subject one uh, receives the truth of it into the self and being so it's very important for all the teachers who are listening to this broadcast to really realize the value of what the, your inner lessons and how it can help other people. I find that myself included so often in my process would undermine the wisdom of my experience. Oh, I know this is important for me, but I don't really need to share with others. And my guides and my angels have been telling me since 2005, share your experience, share your story, share your teaching, share your human side, and really show others you know, your process, it will awaken their process. And I don't think that I, I, I believe at times I discounted that. So if there are people 
who are listening who are in their soul purpose journey or trying to find out their path, if you feel the need to teach, start teaching. Find an avenue. Take classes from teachers who can help mentor you to get on that path and in alignment with that path. Wherever that may be for you, your intuition can lead you to that. But the School of Metaphysics does have an opportunity for that support at www.som.org. And I'd also like to just say for anybody who's a, who has any questions along those lines of teaching, feel free to contact me at Evolution Revolution. I'm glad to share my experience. And Dr. Daniel Condren, his biography is there, and his experience has been captured in The Emptiness Sutra, one of the books we're looking at tonight, and the other, The Secret Code of Revelation, going from the micro to the macro picture of the creation, source, love, the beginning and the end, and really maximizing the present moment awareness of the higher self to be able to manifest that on earth through a process. And, and it is a process. We want to reiterate that this doesn't happen overnight, <laughs> but the tools will appear as needed. Yeah, and so go ahead. The good thing is it just keeps getting better and better once you start practicing. So wherever you start from, you, you, things are going to get better and better in your life. And, and uh, sometimes things will change drastically. But overall, the overall trend... Uh, whether it's day to day or week to week, month by month and year by year, your consciousness will raise, and so you'll attract people of higher consciousness to you and more fulfillment in life and experiences. That is so true. I'm getting that message right now. It was interesting when I received the Emptiness Sutra book. My message was feel the feel the space, just feel the space, just be with the space. And I was like, I, I don't quite understand. I can see pictures of what you're saying, but my mind can't grasp them. My spirit had it mastered. My mind was trying to find that understanding. And when I got the book, I thought, oh, this is such perfect timing. I think I emailed Dr. Barbara. This is so validating, just what I needed. And and now, as you're saying, it's just really coming into that acceptance of the space that I'm in and allowing myself to be to really bring in that information is is definitely where I'm at in my own process. And so if somebody else is going through that, I can relate. And again, was so validated by the the process you presented in the Emptiness Sutra in becoming aware of, of that higher self and truth. Because it's a trick. Our spirit is all-knowing, but our mind has these limited constraints. I call it a shoebox. <laughs> and in that shoebox, it cannot grasp the infinite nature. It really takes a surrendering of the mind to grasp the spiritual eternal truth. And so for me, it's been finding that 50-50 balance of that all-knowing element and then allowing my mind to come into the 50% of acceptance with that to really allow me to work on earth. Oh, I'm glad we're so... You know, that's an example of uh, connectedness and interconnectedness, too, that this book would come to you right when you know, your your angels and spirit guides are telling you that that's what you need to do because when we're in an alignment and attunement with universal law and universal truth and, and giving what we have, the best of what we have, sharing it, our knowledge with others, then the universe is going to provide and bring to us what we need to learn so we can go to our next step so we can offer even more. Yes, yes. It always wants us to get more and grow bigger and expand our wings. That's definitely something I experience. <laughs> Constant <Right>. change. <laughs> exactly. As long as we've got that intention of helping others, it's just going to come to us that much quicker because the universe wants everyone to grow. Yes, yes. I was just reading a quote on evolution yesterday that Darwin didn't say the strongest of the species survive. He said that the the species who is most able to adapt and to change will become the survival of the fittest. 
And I thought that the, the way that I had read that was captured so well because often we hear survival of the fittest. You know, we get hooked on that Darwin phrase, and it's actually survival of the fittest who can adapt, who can change, who's willing to change. And I think in our own human experience, that is so true as well. Exactly. You know, that's very important, and that's what we teach in school metaphysics a lot: is to change, but in the in the sense of grow and learn and grow. A lot of people say change, and you say the word change, they're afraid of that. When I use the word change, I don't really mean losing something. I mean growing and growing and building consciousness and adding to consciousness and growing in awareness and uh, leaving behind limitations and expanding to more unlimited possibilities. Yes, I see an eagle, and I see an eagle just getting more feathers to sustain a higher flight. So for people who are fearing change, it's, it can be a very positive, proactive process versus the word change, which we've been you know, conditioned in society to think of as fearful and out of control and out of the, the controlling paradigm that we can become comfortable with. Change is something that allows you to recreate in a new and enlightened way. And one can begin to look at what change would be most suitable to them by going within and meditating, becoming aware of their breath, and all of this information and more is offered in the Emptiness Sutra by Dr. Daniel Condren. And also the, the big picture of how your individual transformation fits into the larger scheme it can be found in the Secret Code of Revelation, but also by Dr. Daniel Condren, who we're speaking with tonight from the School of Metaphysics. It can be found on the web at www.som.org. So what is the greatest value that you say someone can undergo in their spiritual process? What is, why is this so important to humanity at this time from your perspective? Because as we approach the year 2012, which is the end of the mind calendar, the, the, earth needs, the earth is moving to, a, our planet Earth is moving to a higher state of consciousness. And uh, the Earth grid is changing to a different geometric structure, to the dodecahedron. And it's important for humanity, each individual, to keep up with that and to move into this new level of consciousness so we can function and, and work well and, uh, and uh, move in this higher level of consciousness and being. And uh, it's always been important to gain enlightenment. It becomes even more so now because the whole planet and the solar system is moving to, into a, a higher vibrate, vibratory uh, pattern. And so you see all this discussion now about the year 2012, which was when that Mayan calendar ran out. Well, that's because that's the time that horizontal time ends and vertical time begins. It's the time of learning and growth. And uh, so as we approach that, it's important that everyone on the planet meditate, concentrate, and learn to discipline their mind and use their mind as the vehicle to know the self. Very good. I, you have said in the secret code of revelation, the whole mind and the whole self allows the purpose of life to become magnified. Right. And that is our goal at this time in, in our human evolution and becoming aware of our individual Christ consciousness and really understanding our in, innate potential to create and to love, to expand and to experience ourselves in our highest version of who we are. Yeah. Uh, both these books, The Secret Code of Revelation and The Emptiness Sutra, can be either gotten online through on our website or through Amazon.com or through Barnes & Noble or Borders or any of those uh, metaphysical bookstores. And uh, I wanted to make it available to the whole world because I think the more people that read this kind of information and knowledge, um, I think it, it has the potential to, to change their life. We've uh, muscle tested 
both these books, and they muscle tested a thousand, which is where holy books test at. So I, they have the potential to change people's lives when they read them. Absolutely. The frequency of the words are very high vibrating. They're very enlightening and they're very expansive. So I think that for anybody to pick them up, it would definitely transform their life and cattle. It's a catalyst for awareness, inner awareness. And that will just carry um, each individual on their individual growth pattern. And using free will and choices, it's it's really can be a very powerful and, and enlightening book. And again, I felt very validated by the Ebtina Sutra and its timing. And then I also felt very understood with the secret code of revelation focusing on the pictures element being such a strong indigo clairvoyant. The pictures for me and the understanding were so in alignment with the way that I view the world. I mean, you had said light symbolizes awareness. And I thought that is so, like, Every time I see an awareness, I see a lotus in a light beam. It's just, you know, the validation. So these books are really a tool of validation for people to increase their own certainty and their own knowings and allow them to bring their unique gifts into the world, into existence as we know it, so we can raise the planet as the larger oneness. Increase the vibration globally, beginning within. There are a lot of people that are waking up now, and it's important for people that have gained some degree of enlightenment for them to connect, for all of us to connect on all levels, including like we are today, and including you and I are here today, because the more we can connect and work together, the greater the and quicker the divine plan will be manifested. Absolutely. It's so it's absolutely so true and I think it's really important for people to know that there are other people in the world, no matter where you may be geographically, whether you're in America or in Europe or wherever you may lie, that there are people who are experiencing this awakened transformation, this enlightenment, these ideas that just, okay, I'm gonna change my job, I'm gonna change my life path, I'm gonna completely shift think my experience as I've known it for the better. Go for it. Follow your heart and allow your soul and spirit to lead you to that new, more grand experience that you are seeking. And I think that's probably what holds up my clientele are people who are having experiences and they simply need the validation of what they're experiencing as truth. And whether you get it from an individual reader or the radio show here or through the School of Metaphysics, we're all one and we're all putting out that vibration. So if we continue to do so, we can synergize it and really help raise the larger consciousness for the well-being of all on the planet Earth. Exactly right. We are pioneers, Daniel. We are. Most most definitely. Higher consciousness on the planet Earth and and it's time. And and, uh, things are speeding up so much now. Uh, that uh, things that weren't possible to achieve before are now, and it's just our many minds working together towards a common ideal are much more powerful than many minds working separately. And so uh, the more we make contact with this, the more we work together. Wonderful. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing your truth and the Emptiness Sutra and the Secret Code of Revelation, really reiterating stillness, quieting our minds, allowing the truth to be revealed, becoming aware of our thoughts and our choices and how we can really use the big picture tools of masters in the past in the secret code of revelation to really bring that to planet Earth today in our own unique expression. It's been a wonderful experience. It's been a great experience to be on your program. I look forward to being here again and and, uh, 
to, I was glad to share about Revelation and the Emptiness Sutra, and uh, the, it's the most fulfilling thing and I can do is to help people wake up and be more self-aware. Yes, and what's your next book coming up? Ah, yeah, I've got a new book. It's it's actually it's actually just gone to the printers. It's called The Still Mind, Present Moment, Open Heart, The Hope of the World. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to hearing from you as, as that's released, and we can have you back on to share about that. I'd love to review it, and I'd love to share that wisdom with others. It's really the full package from the thoughts to the to the heart chakra, which is key. Once the heart chakra is open, you have the golden ticket. <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right, and that's what I found out. And it, it, it has happened, and it's in that book now. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to, to receiving that and having you back on to do that. Thank you. The truth of who we are rests in the stillness of the mind and in mastering the thoughts of the mind to allow expanded consciousness and the ultimate awareness of the present moment to fully reveal to us the higher version of our being. At this point in the evolution of the human race, the Christ consciousness can be attained by every human being that seeks to acquire the true and higher understanding of the eternal self. Look within into the inner space of your being that holds the quiet space and is eternally harboring the golden key to your infinite treasure chest of love, truth, peace, understanding, and hope. Coming up for June 12th, Karen Sawyer from Wales in the UK will be appearing with her amazing compilations of spiritual leaders in this most modern age in her wonderful book, Soul Companions. On June 19th, Dr. Susan Carroll will be reappearing on Evolution Revolution to discuss Volume 2 of Becoming One, People and Planet, a revolutionary look at the interconnectedness between planet and man. Coming up on June 26th, Michael Skorowski will be appearing with his emotionally evoking true story about intimate love, a spiritual course together, mastering relationship challenges, and facing cancer within the dynamic in his heart-touching and inspiring book, Unforgettable, A Love and Spiritual Growth Story. You can look forward in July to Evo Dominguez Jr. with his valuable and highly insightful book, Spirit Speak. Knowing and Understanding Spirit Guides, Ancestors, Ghosts, Angels, and the Divine on July 10th. And on July 17th, the captivating book Medicine Dance, a powerful look into a woman's healing journey in the world of Native American sweat lodges, drumming meditations, and dance fasts as she faced overcoming a major health obstacle. On July 24th, the medium intuitive human design analyst, Jana Hollingsworth, will share her unique talents and us, the, the audience, her, about her weekly column that offers asking her a burning question. On July 31st, Chrissy Blaze will be reappearing to discuss the wonderful book, Power Prayer, that she co-wrote with Gary Blaze with a foreword written by Marianne Williamson. Please join us. In August coming up, the most accurate, medium, psychic, and enlightened author, Jock Brokus, with his powerful wisdom and professional expertise in a well-rounded personal portrait emphasizing the importance of the intuitive gift in this modern-day existence that lies inherent and deep within each human being in his latest book release, Powers of the Sixth Sense. You can purchase Jock Brokus' book and all of our author's books at www.amazon.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com under the Evolution Revolution tab and in the blue talk, share, talk shoe player box under Select Past Episodes. 
or also can be found by clicking the Talk Show link under the header Previous Evolution Revolution Shows. The archived shows are available 24 hours a day to listen, download, or play at no charge. The archives include amazing talent such as Dr. Laurel Clark, Gary Zukoff, Linda Francis, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Chrissy Blaze, Neil Donald Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Dr. Susan Carroll, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Dr. Betty Youngs, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit me on my newly created website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. There is a clairvoyant reading page on the website to explore, including testimonials and my contact information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please email me on the Contact Us page at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com and let me know of your interest. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Dr. Daniel Condren. Thank you so much, Daniel, for being here. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new and revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night. <laughs>